Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Shift Podcast, where we talk about transforming motion into progress in business. I'm Az, the Chief Marketing Officer for Merkel EMEA. And I'm Rich, Chief Strategy Officer for Merkel EMEA, and we'll be discussing our book called Shift that covers the areas that we've seen businesses struggling with that can hinder progress. Welcome back, everyone, to the Shift Podcast. I'm delighted to welcome Wendy Clark, who is the global CEO for Dentu International here today. Welcome, Wendy. Hi, Az. Hi, Rich. Nice Hi, to Wendy. be with both of you. Oh, it's amazing to have you here. We're looking forward to the chat because we've obviously known each other for a little while now, and I know the insights that you'll, you'll be able to bring to, to our listeners. So, I mean, just to get us started, we talk so much about business challenges and the opportunities in the context of, of Shift. And we're lucky enough to see and hear you on a regular basis. So we know that a topic that's top of your agenda at the moment is people and the whole idea about the great resignation. But how is that impacting Dentsu and, and even other businesses? I think it's on everyone's mind. If you're leading a business that is based on people, as we are, we're in the service industry. I always say, you know, we don't have factories, we don't have a product, we don't we have a little bit of IP, but generally the IP of our business sits inside all of you in, in the minds of our people. And so when you go through a period like the Great Resignation, where we saw droves of people, thousands of people leave our business, leave other businesses, we indeed had our clients calling us, asking us if we could second people to them. So, you know, this wasn't a, a Dentsu thing, but it was, you know, a worldwide phenomenon of people opting out of work as they had known it. For us, that manifested in younger people, people in their mid-30s or younger. So certainly millennials, Gen Z. For me, I really took it as the great reappraisal or the great reckoning on our leadership. And I think we had to be reflective, you know, on our I'm Gen X and, you know, some of the older generations who worked very differently. And I think we have to understand that these generations are not interested in working the way that we did. They actually look at our careers and our journeys and are uninspired by them in many cases. I think in many cases, they think we made false choices in the way that we sacrificed perhaps our personal lives, our family time, how many times we moved and, and that sort of thing. And I think they are unwilling to do that. And I think in a moment that, you know, of course, going through the pandemic, which was a reckoning, obviously, for, for society, I think they were contemplative about the the work environment. So if you specifically to your question, how did that manifest in Dentsu? We did experience significantly heightened attrition. I'm happy to tell you that we're back down to our 2019, January 2019 levels now. But it created a real pinch point for us as a company. Obviously, the people who are here then have to pick up the work. And we were challenged to recruit people the way we wanted to. I and mean, there were times where we had a couple of months there that more people were leaving than joining. That's a dreadful feeling. So, you know, I think that what you take away from that as a leader is you've got to lead in a very different way. I think you have to reappraise the culture, the benefits. Obviously, salary becomes part of that and make sure that you're keeping pace with the market, that you can look your people in the eye and say, we're, we're doing everything in our power to ensure 
that you're paid at market level, that our benefits are at market or better, that this is a culture and a place you can be your full self and bring your full self to work and work in a way that's right for you. And I think now that fluidity and, and that ability to customize the way you work is, is something I see a lot of. So, you know, we have people who work three days a week, four days a week. There's people who want to work in, in different ways from home, from a, so from a place that's not the office. I mean, all of those things now have to be on the table. And, and by the way, I don't think you can even change them fully another way. So I get there some questions I get, well, when will we move to a four day work week? Well, by the way, four day work week isn't necessarily right for everyone. So we have, again, younger people in our organization who have roommates or live at home with their parents. They want to come to the office five days, right? Mm -hmm. So we shouldn't apply. I think the lesson you take away now is one size doesn't fit all. It is now, and I read something recently that says the relationship you have with employees now should feel like a contract, a mutual contract. This isn't a corporate agenda that gets pushed down and thrust on people, but rather a negotiation and a contract between two willing parties. And what would that look like and how can we create it down to an individual level? And I think that's what's on order now for leadership. It feels like that personal experience that we talk about for consumers is just sort of growing in the the employee space as well. People are expecting that same treatment as if they were a customer to a certain extent. We're marketers, right? So it, we have to every now and then take our marketing hat off. And when I just sit here as a consumer and I'm, the go-to example I always use is when you open the Uber app and you want an Uber and the app says it's, it's going to be nine minutes before a car comes and you're outraged. <laughs> nine minutes. So I got to stand here for nine minutes waiting for a car, right? Consumers now want what they want, when they want it, how they want it, where they want it, and for a price they're willing to pay. And so we're all consumers. That's how we're living our lives. That's how we expect brands and companies to engage with us. So it stands to reason when we become employees, we also expect our corporations and the companies and brands we work for to meet us on our terms. So I think these are just the macro shifts now in the environment that we have to be responsive to. And when you're talking about this kind of expectation and expanding on that topic, we know there is an increased duty of care now on employee well-being, and nothing could have thrust us more into sight really than what's happening in the Ukraine. Can you talk to us a little bit about the challenges that's presenting for you and your kind of fellow leaders around the world? Yes. I mean, I think, Rich, to your point, I have never, I've been working for 30 years, I have never felt the expansiveness now of what we would call duty of care, which is what the company has for its associates as I feel it today. And by the way, I'm glad to take that on. I think, again, back to the former question on how leaders need to come into their roles now with empathy and understanding and flexibility and fluidity. I think companies can play a bigger role in people's lives, not just their professional journeys. And I think that's what's on order now. That's what this expanded duty of care means. During the Ukraine war, now we're, we're seeing real impacts across our organization, as you would expect. I think it's being widely reported on, you know, specifically we have affiliate associates in Ukraine. So we, we have an affiliate relationship. They're not directly our associates, but they work for a company that licenses our name. That duty of care includes them. They're, they're people that our teams would work with. And there's great concern around our company for, for those associates. And we've done as much as we can to facilitate support and movement of those employees to the degree that they need it and want it. But then that transcends into the region and Eastern and Central Europe. Uh, we have 560 employees in Poland, as it's been reported now, you know, well over a million refugees coming into Poland. Our teams are taking food and clothing to the border. We have more than 70 of our team members in Poland housing families with them now. 
And I'm sure that number's grown. That was a number I got last week, and I'm sure this week it's even greater. We've turned our the bottom of our building into what we're calling a for you hub, which includes a creche for childcare and a bank of computers and sort of a, a, a cafe set up where people can just come and have a respite, try and use, you know, use our computer access, use our phones to try to create contact and or try to find housing, work, relative, whatever they're trying to do while we offer some measure of childcare to allow them to do that. Those are things that you don't necessarily think about directly with advertising and marketing, what we do for a living, but this is what's necessary now. And when we back up to Dentsu and what we say, we exist to create a lasting good. Well, if, if we are living into our vision of creating that lasting good, when there's a conflict and a war that breaks out that you've, you know, obviously don't necessarily have those in your strategy documents anywhere, but you apply that vision, you apply that purpose. And we believe in creating a lasting good for our people and for our business and for our society. And so this is right in line with our vision and it stands to reason then that our people want to do this. Of course, back to that duty of care as a leader, I, I have great concern for their mental well-being, the, the toll and the images and the experiences that we're seeing and they're living are great. And so, you know, I think the company then needs to step in with the, that sort of well-being support, psychological care and access, time off, you know, and trying to make sure that we're shoring them up as they're shoring others up. And I think that's what we mean now by that expanded duty of care. The duty of care, as you said, from leaders, you just put it so so nicely about the the weight that's on the shoulder of leaders now. You could probably see that that's been sort of amplified by just people in general. There feels to be a duty of care across everybody, especially since, you know, COVID and everything's kicked in. And even businesses are, you know, starting to to adapt more and they're changing at a pace that's never been seen historically, but until now. And countries and businesses are really starting to change their processes, their beliefs, and, and even making decisions more in the moment and just thinking about how they can rapidly change and transform with more agility, more speed. Since everything that's happening right now, nothing's been brought more to the forefront with regards to sort of humanity and the human side of sort of transformation. And can you talk us through the journey that Dentsu's been on and how this might shift any of your focus as a result? Well, it's interesting because you both know this personally, because I always call you right after I get these phone calls. <laughs> um, there's not a client I talk to that doesn't have a transformation agenda. And of course, Dentsu is in a similar place. I mean, I think the pandemic certainly has accelerated people's transformation journeys. They are realizing that, again, consumers, employees, whatever stakeholder you want to talk about, now we're living in a different world. We're living a different way. I just took my test upstairs before I came down because I'm going to get on a plane tomorrow. You know, that was something foreign. Now there's a whole business of video monitoring people who watch you take a COVID test, right? I mean, that we just it transformed in different society and therefore businesses have to adjust accordingly. And, and we're in the service business. We need to adjust to, to meet their needs. Um, I think what that means is we're moving with more speed than ever. I think speed is a currency of business. Again, back to that Uber example, our expectations now are that things are going to meet us in the way that we want them and in the moment that we need them. So speed is necessary. I think new and incremental sources of growth for brands and companies is important. So again, how that reflects on Dentsu is we've got to have great innovative thinking, great people who understand how to transform businesses to understand how to take companies on these journeys and advise them while building their new structures for agility and speed. 
And then ultimately, especially for publicly traded companies, there's a mandate on efficiency, right? You've got to do all of this and you've got to do it in a more efficient way. Efficiency for your resources and speed, of course, but there's also a bottom line cost factor. If you're publicly traded, you've got a report card every 90 days and you've got to show how you're continuing to run your business more efficiently and agilely. Densu's under the same perspective. We're a publicly traded company, and so our, our shareholders expect us to grow. They expect us to run our business efficiently, and they expect us to be modern in, in order to deliver those new and incremental areas of growth. So that's the transformational journey we've been on. We've, I mean, we started, the, the way that's come about in Densu is we went on a huge acquisition spree over the last uh, sort of six or seven years, and, and it ended up with over 160 independent entities in our company, which then were the very opposite of being able to move agilely when you have so many entities. In fact, I think when I joined about 18 months ago, we had 250 people who had the title CEO. So if you have 250 CEOs in your organization, you're going to struggle to have a single mindset, a single focus strategy agenda, struggle to move quickly. You might be picking up growth, but the cost of that growth gets mitigated pretty quickly. So that's the journey we've been on is simplifying our business, is organizing around a single strategy and view that it is now going to be the end-to-end capabilities of our business that enable us to create those incremental opportunities for growth, that we can do so agilely because we wire our company in a way that is agile and therefore efficient. So I would say we're in flight on that. We've been you know, doing it for about 18 months now in quite literal terms. As I said, we had 160 entities. We said by the end of 2022, we'd roll all of those up into six leadership brands plus Densu, so seven brands. We ended 2021 just around 100. So we had gone down by 60 entities. So we've got some work to do this year. But of course, there's a tipping point in that, the muscle memory that has been built over the last year of how to integrate and optimize these entities gets better and better. So we've got a year under our belt. So we'll go faster this year. We've done some very large entities. So one of the highest profile in our industry was putting Visium and iProspect together to very large global organizations. Touch wood, if I like tap here on the wood-ish table, it's probably, it's probably chipboard a little bit, but we, we lost no clients in that. So as long as you keep the client at the forefront of your proposition, back to their agenda is growth, speed, and efficiency. So if we make ourselves more organized to give them growth, speed, and efficiency, there's a win-win. And our clients in those two portfolios saw the benefit of putting those agencies together. So that's what it's all about. I mean, at the crux of transformation, you can't do it without people. So we're back to the beginning question. You've got to paint a hopeful picture of where you're going. We talk about the balance of hope and reality being great leadership around here. That's what great leaders do, keep those two in balance. So we've got an image of where we want to go. We paint the really clear picture of the hopeful future, and then we start at the reality of where we are. And we go on a journey, and we communicate that, and we inspire people and their roles and how they contribute to it. We report on it. We track it. We encourage people, and we show how that strategy is helping us win, and they're part of an organization that's successful. So... That's that's what we've been doing around transformation. It's been a big transformation, but it's been obviously been part of the business. It's been great to watch and to be part of, just to see, as you say, the simplicity starting to evolve and, and make a real difference. So I think it's been great that we've been embarked on that. And also the point that you said about putting the client first, I think is so important. I mean, it's, I think a lot of agencies and consultancies can sometimes get so caught up in the growth that they forget about the fact that we're doing this for the clients and ultimately their end customers, whoever they might be, whether they're businesses or consumers. 
So I love the direction that that you've been heading us towards. I know Rich and I both love chatting to you and we could do that for most of the most of the day. But I just want to say thank you very much for, for taking the time to talk to us today. And it's been a pleasure to have you here. Well, thank you both. And I just love the book. I love the fact that we have authors in our company who have the intellectual curiosity and capacity to help our clients be uh, their best is what what a huge advantage for us. What, what, a, what a huge gift. So I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that Shift is in the world, that all of our clients and your listeners are getting to benefit from it. And it's only going to help us be both a better company and, and help our clients lead better companies. So well done to both of you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you to everyone for listening. Our book Shift is available now, so please check out the link in the description to order your copy today or find out more on our website, motionintoprogress.com. Stay tuned and we'll be back soon.